Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This one's going to be about the NPC rank update needed, calling for the NPCs in the game to be utilized a whole lot more than they're being right now. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. If you're watching here live right now, you can look up SNTR Presents on all of those podcast locations. This is going to be the Q&A segment, and it's following the NPC rank discussion. First question coming in from Calcuttaho. As someone who cannot use Discord, I believe that Bungie should focus on solo content. What do you think? No, I'm just always going to push back on this very, very strongly. This isn't a solo blame. It, this is not a solo game. Um, it just isn't. Uh, appealing to solo players, I think, is doable. Uh, certainly doable. But it is also certainly not necessary uh, for the life of the game. And it's also not a focus that's needed right now. Um, so can I... Um, Steve? Oh, stop it. I'm doing Q&A. And so if you're listening to this right now, my wife, I made a simple request of something to add to the lunch. Simple request. And I don't know. that. Okay, so we're getting, we got a question just submitted to Q&A. My wife wants to know how many people in chat have their wives bring them lunch every day or your significant other your husbands uh how many people have that blessing in your life i'm grateful and thankful for that so thanks uh i love you babe you're the best all right so let's go (laughs) let's go to the next question she really is uh the best son of a bastion do you think it's bs that bungie allows full choke perk to exist over a year uh, makes god rolls, then players spend huge time camping god rolls, then Bungie nerfs the perk. I mean, listen, that's always going to be a potential risk, always going to be a potential risk when you put random rolls in the game. So when you ask for random rolls and you want that to be a carrot, you have to kind of understand that there is an enormous potential, there is an enormous potential for there to be those things that happen. Oh my gosh, look at this roll. It's so, so good. And then everybody goes and grinds for it. And once everybody gets it, Bungie realizes this is a little bit too strong. And then they nerf it. Now, is that is that ideal? No, it certainly is not. Um, and But what's the alternative is what I would say. The alternative would be, well, we're just going to leave a perk combination in the game that emerged as problematic or too strong or whatever and to ignore that i think is a greater fault i understand where you're coming from it's pretty frustrating but you're saying full choke exists for a year i'm going to push back a little bit on your claim and say you're not really recounting history correctly at all because random rolls and pursuing full choke on god rolls only existed for about a month and a half so Rewind the clock a little bit and be accurate in what you're claiming because you're you're claiming something that's inaccurate. Nobody has been going for full choke random rolls for a year because that wasn't possible for a year. So again, I think a lot of the times people misfire in their criticisms and one of the ways they do that is they misrepresent the truth. Like, what you've claimed is not accurate. So, yeah, it's a bummer if people went for full choke shotguns starting when Forsaken dropped and now it's been nerfed a little bit, but again, I believe the greater fault is to ignore problematic perk combinations on guns that make them too strong. Um, so, 
Well, you're saying full choke was the best perk for a year, but again, you're misrepresenting. You are you are misrepresenting reality. Even if full choke was the best perk for a year, we dealt with static rolls in year one, so you didn't go pursue full choke. You didn't. You went and pursued ridiculously easy to obtain legendaries with static rolls. So no, you didn't spend some disproportionate amount of time grinding for a shotgun with full choke. Like, where did you go in Destiny 1 year 1 and struggle to get loot? Like, where did you do that? I, I, again, I feel like you're kind of misrepresenting it. You're overstating your case. And again, even if I grant your point that I believe has been overstated, I still think it's a greater fault to say, no, it's totally fine. Leave imbalanced guns in the game. Like, shotguns and other things, if they discover that they need to be addressed because perk combinations emerge that are problematic... I want Bungie to address that, not be like, well, we don't want to nerf anything, so I guess it just stays in the game forever. Um, so, yeah, and shotguns were heavy back in the day, so it wasn't even as similar. It was, you know, it was a different meta whenever you were grinding for full choke. I mean, you were dealing with a very, very different game back then, and I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. Saber says, I know they have done faction rallies and whatnot before with D2, but I kind of wish they mattered more than they did in D1. What are your thoughts? I think there's a pretty good combination for Faction Rally. Uh, I'm going to disable, I'm going to take off the Malfeasance. I wonder if it's the reason I'm getting weird frame performance. I wonder if that ornament's causing the issue. Um, I'm still, I'm getting weird frame hitching since the update and it may not be the update. It literally might be the Malfeasance with the ornament. I don't know. I mean, I was, I'm getting weird uh, hitches and frame drops and stuff and this game has never given me issues um, it's run flawlessly since launch on my PC so on a dime I'm having issues Faction Rally I think can combine the urgency of the rally where during the week you're grinding for a certain gun or a certain role and then that urgency the, the guns go away and then they can come back the next time Faction Rally shows up and the justification would be that you had it, you know, you had it early for a month, and now it's down in the normal loot pool, along with cosmetics. So factions are always in the tower, and you can always kind of grind for shaders. Uh, good playing with you, Silent. See ya, man. You know, shaders, ships, sparrows, other cool cosmetic flare items are always available. And then, if uh, if you didn't get the roll you wanted or didn't get the gun during the rally, it's down in the normal loot pool the second week and then the second week introduces new guns for those that are ahead in the urgency right and then the third week there's weeks one and two down in the normal loot pool you're maintaining urgency and accessibility in tandem and i think a pretty healthy way i don't know of another way they could approach faction rally without just doing something generic like they did in d1 where they have a they're just another npc with a loot pool and you raise your rank so um yeah, I'll, tr- I'll I'll put the gun back on and take off the ornament to experiment, but I, I seem to not be having any issues now. So we'll play for a little while longer, and if I can go a solid 20-30 without those big hitches, we'll put the uh, the, the Malfeasance back on uh, without the ornament because it could be that, that smoky animation causing some type of an issue, uh, and then we'd have to make that known, uh, known to them. FAL the one, Fal the one says, What seal are you aiming to get first? 
I am not really looking to do any of that. That's not something I do. That's rainy day activity. We haven't really had rainy day yet in Destiny. And right now, when rainy days happen, I do my morning grind, do some stuff, Q&A, and then I pivot to games like Red Dead Redemption. I am trying to create more diverse content. Uh, the directory is not growing, so I don't spend my entire day here. Uh, people that do may be experiencing short games, but I believe the, the long game is not going to be served as a broadcaster so those to me are rainy day activities and even once we get some more rainy days in the content droughts i won't be spending my entire days here anyway so may not even really get much progress um bernsey what's the special boss in gambit called i mean we call him the butthole we have a funny butthole clip because he showed up for me uh kind of randomly we weren't expecting it it was very exciting and we thankfully were going against a team that didn't really uh, challenge us. I still got a, I still got a hitch there. I'm still getting hitch grabs. Uh, it did seem less severe though. That could have just been lag. I don't know. We'll keep playing. Um, that's what he's called. I, I believe it's called the Ascendant. Uh, it's called the Ascendant. Uh, the Ascendant Primeval Servitor. I believe is the full name. Waits for none. Do you think planetary vendors are being held back by the requirement that you run the vanilla content for your second and third characters unless you pay 1100 silver? I mean, I don't know why they would be held back by that unless you're saying they need to keep their loot minimal because you have to go through all that stuff in vanilla. Again, I'm, I'm not really sure why you're linking it to vanilla requirements. Um, in my mind, the issue is that they they don't matter because they don't matter. Like, there's no real reason to run them. I don't think it has anything to do with requiring vanilla content uh, in in your process. Now, I've said for a long time that one of Bungie's biggest mistakes is requiring people to do all the cam- the campaign, you know, three times. I think you, you could do the campaign a lot more justice by lengthening it, and they kind of did this with Forsaken, they're not quite where I think they should be. Forsaken had the the all those adventures to fight the what were they called uh, the the barons and fighting those barons was dope. You had this you had this sense of progression. It was a cool western revenge story. The art you know the art for when Spider introduced them was I thought really really cool with the cards and stuff. And so they had adventures woven in to make the campaign quite a bit longer. If they would have done that with vanilla D1, made you run all of the adventures, but then let you create characters two and three in the tower as if they just finished the campaign and just give them generic blue loot, that would have been perfect. You make the campaign about two to three times longer. It's more enjoyable. There's more story present in it. And you're not dragging people through content that they rush anyway. It's, It's not like people are playing the campaign two and three times, the second and third time and really enjoying themselves they're usually saying I, I freaking wish I didn't have to do this and then they're going through it fast anyway so I've said this before you're shortchanging the, the, the campaign on two fronts you're basically saying we have to make it short because you're playing it three times so it's shorter than it should be and then people play it in an unenjoyed speed run way their second and third times so you're disrespecting the campaign's you know design and, and, and lore and story in two different, in literally in two different ways, and so that's that's always been my contention. And what you're, you know, what you're kind of getting at is touching on it. I don't think that has anything to do with the vendors, though. Um, it's just William Nine. How do you feel about heavy machine guns coming back? Uh, 
I mean, to me, I think that Heavy Machine Guns coming back is tentatively exciting because there are heavy guns in the game that are undeniably the best. And usually when you're equipping an exotic, you want it to be one that is measurably worth using. So taking off Sleeper, Whisper, or 1000 Voices... Uh, it's tough to do right now. If you're going to do it to run Malfeasance, you know, you got to have a reason to feel like putting on Malfeasance. And the only way Thunderlord is going to unseat, because think about it, if you unseat, if you unseat one of your exotic heavies for the Malfeasance or the Ace of Spades, there's a pretty contextual reason there. If you're going to unseat the exotic heavies you have for another exotic heavy, I'm not sh- that that thing better shred. I mean, it better just absolutely shred. And if it doesn't, it's never going to see the light of day. Um, so, and it'll be sort of a gimmick. It'll be like, well, why'd you bring this thing back if it's not even worth using? Uh, FAL the one. This is the follow up to the last one. Do you think it'd be a good idea to link weapons with seal and it'd be a rare gun like Luna's? I mean, you could link one to Triumph, sure, and make it take a really, really long time. That's kind of the idea of my PvE Needs a Luna video. The idea behind that video is PvE needs that long endgame grind for a unique weapon. And we're not really getting that right now. When people point to exotic weapons, that's an exotic and an RNG drop. And if it's an exotic quest... That's been in the game for a really long time. Exotic quests have always been around. And if you reference the Ikelos shotgun, you're referencing old content. So I agree. Ikelos shotgun, SMG, and sniper were were unique perks that you could pursue, but they weren't questline, and they're really not that hard to get now, especially with the you know the updates. So I would I would think that would be another way of doing it, tying it to a triumph. I think some of the triumphs, um, I think some of the triumphs are unnecessarily long though to tie a weapon pursuit to them that would be kind of rough you know so you feel like diversity is cool it's not always about being optimal well you have to understand something everybody that makes that point i think misses the larger issue okay they always miss the larger issue i'm not saying you always need to run the optimum build i'm not but when you equip an exotic or you grind for what you consider to be a god roll or a curated roll or whatever Generally speaking, I think it's pretty safe to assume that the reason you're doing so is you would like more power. And if the default result of you equipping that gun or that, you know, that exotic is less power, I would argue that that's illogical within the realm of a looter shooter. It just doesn't make sense to... I mean, we went through it for the Malfeasance because I was grinding for a parcel of Stardust and we got the Malfeasance quest. I'm like, well, we might as well do it. But then when I get the Malfeasance, I, I didn't feel any significant reason to run it. Now, maybe I need to give it more time and you know use it on blockers. And since our boss-baking strategy doesn't require ammo, it might be worth putting away those exotics. You know, Sleeper and Whisper and 1K are great. Honestly, they're better for... Guardians, Like, when I need to get Guardian kills, I mean, the 1K literally did the job for me. It was silly how easy it was to use uh, 1K. And so, 
you, you would be losing that. Now you might be able to say, well, contextually speaking, if you're not invading then, and you're doing the preventative measures of like clearing the platform, etc., then having the malfeasance might be worth it. So again, the logic of pursuing an exotic, equipping an exotic, or chasing a god roll weapon, the logic of the player is, I'm doing this for more power. And if I equip this exotic or change out my Ikala shotgun and I end up with less power, you've now broken down the logic of somebody pursuing god rolls or putting on a, uh, a powerful exotic. Well, I'm going to put on the Thunderlord, but I'm going to do less damage. Well, why the frick are you putting it on then? Well, it's great for ad clearing. So is an area of effect grenade that you get regularly and doesn't cost ammo. I mean, I you know, so is a, so is a good roaming super. So in general, I think they need to continually examine how they're incentivized, you know, uh, loot getting equipped because as it stands right now, it's very, very difficult to unequip certain items. I'm not saying that I want things nerfed. I'm saying this is why I continue to call for unique perks, new perks, and more perk diversity so that you don't feel like year one gear is still king. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to play Joker's Wild when that annual pass content comes out? Were you going to play that with year one gear and you're going to think that that's totally fine and dandy? I think eventually people are going to start to see my perspective on these things if they, if changes aren't made. Rougarou Boogaloo, what about class item exotics as a seasonal rank up reward from planetary NPCs? Example, season three is the EDZ. Hit rank 50 and get exotic warlock bond and it increases all the damage on the EDZ. I mean, again, you're not swinging far enough if it's an exotic... Uh, if it's an exotic and I'm unequipping my Phoenix protocol, I'm going to need a whole lot more than I do more damage on the EDZ. You're not blowing my hair back. I'm going to keep running my Phoenix protocol. If it's a legendary bond that does that, well, then we can shake hands and have a deal here, right? Um, but I ain't shaking your hand and having a deal over an extremely, an extremely minimal benefit on an exotic. So you're in the right ballpark. I just think you're you're overswinging on the item classification and you're underswinging on what it would add. So I would I would tweak your idea a little bit. I like your idea though of saying, well, why not do a a seasonal grind per planet, and then that way you can kind of space it out. I'd be okay with that too. I still think all the NPCs need a little bit of love, um, though. Um. Now, not all of these give the enhancement cores. The enhancement cores come from everything but the milestone. So you swing for all of, what is it? The the entire bottom row? Yeah, the entire bottom row. So I need a couple more ghosts. A couple more ghosts. And I'm gonna make my way to the Four Horn Gulch for a pub and a lost sector. Galaxy Beams, how do you feel about creating your own gun and rolls, but the cost of it would be a specific amount of shards, planetary materials, and other weapons to make the perfect guns for you? No, I always chop this down lightning quick. Bungie's never going to do this. That's not the kind of game this is. I'm not trying to be rude, but this is out of bounds within an identity of a looter shooter. This isn't Fallout. We're not making and crafting. Uh, this isn't Skyrim or Fallout. Like, you're trying to bring something to Destiny that will, number one, will never come, and arguably, I would say, should not come, because I think it's far more exciting to pursue and get loot than to slowly craft a god roll. Um, that is the, sort of the the contrast between the RNG grind and the investment grind. You're promoting a pure investment grind that gives you 
arguably the best weapons in the game. Now, if you could do this for mediocre weapons, and then that would make you a little bit stronger for the grind for some of the best weapons, well, then you might have an argument. But again, that's not in line with what Destiny's all about. Destiny is a looter shooter where the RNG grind is incredibly important, and you're going to really shortchange that by saying, well, you're now going to say... Yeah, that RNG grind's great. You can go cry and get, you know, try and get that 1K voices, but I'm just going to spend time grinding for mats and build a, and build a god roll, you know, hand cannon or whatever. So, I think the combination of RNG grind and investment grind is really, really good right now. You grind for the god roll and then you invest in the gun with a capstone, masterwork, or a mod. Venom DK, how do you think Bungie can best improve sword and snipers in PVE since they're lacking? Uh, swords need to be energy weapons. I know they increase their damage, but again, uh, it's really hard to justify putting down really, really efficient weapons that work great at range. Sleeper, Whisper, 1000 Voices, even Linear Fusions and Rockets. You're going to put that down to put on a sword. A sword is a high-risk minimal damage reward weapon. I don't know what the damage buff they gave to swords because Bungie continues to not give us numbers. Um, it would have been great to know like how much did fusion rifles get a buff. I actually should be running one right now to test. I completely forgot to do that. I'll test that uh, on the next couple of lost sectors because right now I, I would switch and not have enough ammo. I don't even know if I have any god roll fusions to really test out. But like we have no idea to what degree... We have no idea to what degree they have buffed fusions. Did they buff a fusion to do what I just did? I have a feeling that they didn't. I have a severe feeling that they didn't because what I just did with Ikelos is... I mean, it's unmatchable. It's unmatchable. Like, I just don't know if they're ever going to be able to match that because of the rate of fire of the weapon. Now, I'm not doing it on a boss, so you might be able to argue that's how the Ikelos should work. It's a shield buster. It's a major buster. I think fusions are just always going to be in a rough spot because of their fire rate. They just don't shoot fast enough. So unless you give them a big enough damage buff to make up and match this fire rate and that lethality, fusions are going to continue to sit on the sidelines. Snipers, same deal. Um... Bungie went with a lot more, in my opinion, it's a lot more of a, uh, a lot closer combat in this, and the ads are really, really agile, so a lot of the times, it just feels really, really nice to just push and have, like, high rate of fire weapons right on the enemy, as opposed to sitting back with a sniper, uh, because you're you're able to just kind of keep up with the with the the agility of the enemies because a lot of the enemies just quickly leave your line of sight if you're trying to snipe they can dodge they can move they can teleport and then your sniper is quickly going to fall behind in any dps race that you're you're potentially having you're just well behind at that point and so now you're going to be like well i should have just ran ikelos i could have closed gap punched with you know trench barrel and just let the let the shots rip and gotten perfect efficiency out of my ammo you're sitting back with a sniper though the enemies are so highly agile you're missing shots they're teleporting you're missing shots you know you try to break a shield on a minotaur and you know he's missing shots actually i could run a merciless right now because i'm not running uh i'm not running an exotic so i could pull over a merciless and um, infuse it with one of my bad Badlanders. Oh, I left the Badlander over here. 
um because i don't want to i don't want to run it under under damaged here we might not have the stuff to do it moving target in genesis it's the one with less range so we're gonna bring up so will we could try merciless and see if it's if it's in a better place now with the buff i honestly don't know uh we'll have to try it on some bosses so uh broke bottle says do you think there should be more exotic legendary combos like drang sturm uh do you think they could expand on this more including armor and weapons across uh well that wasn't too bad but that's just a that's just a pub major they can expand on this more even including armor and crossover between armor and weapons i mean again this is a way to shift people away from meta and give them power so i'd be okay with saying what if you paired the merciless with um what do you pair the merciless with a pulse and the two worked in tandem so the pulse kind of has you sitting back and then when you want to close gaps you don't have to close gaps as much as you do with a shotgun and then you're able to say oh hey you know the merciless is actually really good at this range now i don't have to get so close i don't have to worry about knockback knockback's pretty dadgum frustrating and when you're running ikelos shotgun you're basically becoming a ping pong ball uh, a lot of the time and so you know that's just something that that's just something that isn't necessarily fixable because an intelligent player can tank a lot of the knockback, but at least it would give you viability within the diversity. You could say, okay, I can run a pulse rifle and a merciless, and I can play a little bit more drawn back. Because again, the the agility of the enemies, the, the hand cannon shotgun combination, it just lands on the content so, so well. Um, you know, you get guys in your face like this, and you can just start letting off shots rip, and it's really, really easy uh, to kind of keep keep up with the damage. That's the problem with the pulse. That's the problem with auto rifles. Auto rifles and pulses just tend to fall behind. Scouts just feel chintzy because you have to, you know, you have to engage from so far away. So we're gonna try th- try this. I, I don't know if that was me. I don't know if Milo did damage there, um, but that that seemed that couldn't have been from the all from this gun. Uh, that could not have been purely from this gun. Soul Snatcher says, Ikora has been severely underutilized for ages now. Do you think Bungie is saving her for something big? Uh, if not, do you think she could serve a better purpose other than giving rewards for bounties? Uh, I didn't touch the boss, so I just two-tapped the boss with the Merciless. We need to do a little bit more experimentation because that's kind of insane. We'll have to think about how that might play a factor in Gambit. Um... Cause that's that's pretty that's pretty dadgum strong so yeah I, as far as her being underutilized i would agree with that i would agree with that i don't know what you could do with her uh they could be saving her for quests uh they could be saving her for um any number of things just because uh she's main story and because of what she said in forsaken about how she's getting visions and stuff she could become the new traveler and have play a more significant role in destiny 3 uh busting up the vanguard permanently pretty much dissolving it maybe then the vanguard becomes more militaristic under the you know the rule of zavala um so i'm gonna come here to make sure we don't leave tangled shore without buying all of the bottom row here or the core grind so we need three more fragments. Uh, we'll go to Sakos. We might be able to try to early bake this boss. That'll make people mad in the area, but as an experiment, we could try it. 
Uh, Ganks says, you may have mentioned this, but I may have missed the talk. Do you think they should also update NPC gear that you can buy from them uh, like the year two gear is now? So random rolls and perks, but could have more variety. I'm always going to be really, really hesitant to empower people to buy gear um, because I think that undercuts grind. Now, they could have very, very basic roles, and then that empowers you to... Yeah, Merciless is really strong now. I don't know if you could do that amount of damage with Ikelos, especially because I don't have to worry about range. Now, I I stopped short. I didn't want to kill him. Um, So... And at the range here, I'm, I'm handling some of the majors too decently. Fusions could be back on the table. I don't know. I we'll have to do more experimentation. But for now, Merciless is is doing pretty good work. Uh, so yeah, I'm always going to push back on the idea that you can just buy um, you can just buy your your gear. They did that near the end of D1 just because there wasn't much else going on, and it was sort of like this is the only way really to make people feel like there's something worth checking in the tower every week. You know, obviously everybody's going and checking for God roll palindromes. And a lot of us were checking for going for, uh, what was it? The, the, uh, the high rate of fire void Occam's razors were, you know, on everybody's radar because it was just such a nice gun for wrath of the machine. But I think that took some of the, the flair out of the game if, if Forsaken would have arrived with a similar update, let's be honest, like, that wouldn't have been good. You would have basically been like, yeah, I have a bunch of great gear now. I just waited and it rotated in the in, in the tower and now I have it. I have great gear now. Um, I don't know. I think, I think that always just hurts. Like when I push back so hard on people that are like, oh, let us create our own gear. Let us craft our own gear. Let us re-roll guns. I'm always like, hold the phone a minute you're really hurting loot incentive you're really hurting uh loot grade uh, loot grind you're really you're really hurting it and that's not a good idea so last question tropico daddy says i've been thinking about the eververse exclusives such as armor ghosts and ships from previous seasons i really enjoyed the omega meccano set from curse of osiris do you think an eververse trading outpost npc could be added to those dlc specific locations offering those cosmetics and armor sets maybe allow the armor sets to be random rolls resets these days npcs could use the same currency you know what i'd be okay with this is where i'm gonna say trading and people are gonna be like what lona wants trading i've always been animately against trading what if you get an Eververse helmet? What if you get an Eververse helmet and then you go and uh, you can use that Eververse helmet to trade for one of the previous seasons? Oh, I don't want this one. And then you trade and it drops one of the previous season helmets and it's a random roll, right? So then you're then you're in a situation where you're empowering the player to kind of say, hey, I want some of that stuff that's not around anymore. But they're they're still having to kind of work within the framework of the economy of the Eververse. You've got to get a helmet, and then you go trade for that helmet. Now, some people might push back and be like, the exclusivity of the gear makes it you know important in that season, and that's why it's so good. I don't think Eververse armor is that. We don't we don't need to have that attitude. I don't think about Eververse uh, armor just because. It's just Eververse armor. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of people like, nah, man, you missed your chance. Especially people who maybe had just started playing, right? If you just started playing, then there's a lot to be said for 
past stuff not being accessible and that's not necessarily good um, for the people that are buying you know the full game and saying oh man there's past there's past sets that you know are pretty cool my friend has one oh well, you weren't here well that makes it a trophy for the people that played before yeah I just I just don't know if that's super important in the Eververse I'd be okay with empowering people to go for uh, past seasons of, of Eververse gear by tr- by basically trading for them again you get a helmet trade for a helmet and then it drops with random rolls I think that'd be okay uh, we had another question come in having a specific path to weapons or armor would be nice so your grind's worth it where you want it that's not a question that's a statement um, and you're basically telling us that the sky is blue I mean we all know this um intentional farms are in the game and I don't think anybody would disagree with you that is nice because then you kind of know where it is that's why the grind for Ikala's shotgun is fun because you know that it can drop there so the the nature of this game and this is this is one of the reasons why oh that's the wrong weapon uh, let's try merciless on him uh Wow, the Merciless is potentially going to be, uh, I don't know. You may see this thing showing up in Bakes in the uh, in Gambit just because of the nature of uh, green ammo is a lot more easy to get your hands on. And I don't know, you might see people doing that, like a melting point, two blade barrages, and then a, and then a, and then some Mercilesses because that's that that feels really 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 strong compared to Ikalos shotgun. Um, especially considering the ease of use. I can just sit back. I don't have to get knocked back, uh, which is a huge headache in Gambit. So you have to keep your eyes on Fusions and Merciless as we'll do some more testing. As always, I appreciate you listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. If you're here right now live, I'm not ending the stream, but I am chopping this for the podcast listeners. I appreciate you guys listening or watching in the other places. Please like, share, and subscribe.